0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, babies in their diapers, welcome to the Tiberius Show, with your host, Tiberius Boy! That's me, Tiberius!
1: Welcome to the Tiberius Show today, and I'm your host, Tiberius Boy! And as always, we are looking at various jobs on how they affect the world around us Today's is going to be very interesting We're going to talk to a choreographer Do you have any idea what a choreographer does? Well, neither do I Well, let's find out But let me introduce our next guest The one, the only, the amazing Alexandra Peller Hello Hello there And thank you for being on the show
2: Thanks for having me
1: No problem Okay So you're a choreographer. For my listeners that have no idea what that means, can you
2: explain it to us? Sure. Well, choreographers make dances. They can make dances for absolutely anything from uh, a dance performance or a movie or a play. But also choreographers work with cheerleaders. They work with robots. They work on any type of movement. When you're trying to decide what the movement's going to be for something... You might hire a choreographer. So it is like dance moves for music. Like,
1: does there always have to be music or can it apply to other stuff?
2: There definitely does not always have to be music. And one of my big jobs now is I choreograph for theater. So I work with plays. And a lot of times they're speaking. There might be silence. There could be music. There could be just sound that you might not call music. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you could choreograph you could choreograph for a car show or, uh, you know, the Olympics. Ah. Um, then there's lots of music. So definitely with or without music.
1: Okay. Well, why is it called choreography?
2: So, choreography, um, graphy means writing from the ancient Greek, and choreo means dance. So it's literally writing dance or how to write dance. Um, So it's like making up the words, but the words are moves. Cool. Well,
1: do you need a lot of training to be a
2: choreographer? Well, being a choreographer is a lot like being a writer. Like you can write from when you're a little kid and call yourself a writer and you might be writing great stuff. And then the more you do it, the better you get. And life experience really helps you. So do you need a specific degree? No. Does it help to have spent a lot more time doing it? Yes. But you Mm -hmm. can choreograph when you're three years old with no experience, and you can choreograph until, you know, you die. Wow. So how long have you been a
1: choreographer?
2: I started choreographing in college in the early 90s. But I would say as a career, I've been a choreographer since 2002, so 21 years. Wow. So when did you know this is the profession for you? I was dancing with a big dance company, so I was a performer, and I kept finding myself in rehearsals saying, oh, you know what I'd like to Oh, you know what would be cool? Oh, you know what we should do? And it wasn't my job to make those decisions, so I decided I needed to go get myself that job.
1: Yeah. So what are the types
2: of productions that need a
1: choreographer?
2: Well, like I said, for me, usually I work with plays. So I live in New York and I choreograph a lot for off-Broadway plays. Um, I have had a dance company for 20 years. So I also make dances that, you know, people buy a ticket. They go into the theater and they see that. Um, I choreograph for universities. But uh, there are choreographers for fashion shows, for car shows for certainly for musicals, for uh, cheerleaders, athletics, etc., And things like the opening of the Olympics, the closing of the Olympics, that's going to be yeah. a huge job for a choreographer.
1: Mm-hmm. So kind of tell me how does it work? Do you have to dance yourself or do you have to teach someone else the moves?
2: Well, different choreographers work different ways. And I have to say that as I've gotten older, I've danced less. So I don't love to do all of the big falls and – dives and partnering that I used to maybe like to do in my body Um, so as you get uh, older you do kind of figure out how to describe things to people and not have to do absolutely everything yourself but it does help to be able to show what you're talking about and then sometimes with choreography we like to collaborate with our performers so that I come up with a task and they make the actual thing themselves. So like I'll say, you know, reach in front of you really lightly and then pull back really quickly. But exactly how they do it is going to be up to them. So I don't necessarily want to show them because I want them to really be themselves.
1: Mm -hmm. So how long do you have to practice
2: every day? Depends if I'm working on a show or not. If I'm working on a play, we often have rehearsals from like 10 to six, uh, six days a week. So that's quite a bit. Um, If I'm not working on a show, I might be writing about choreography or working on my social media content. Um, I might be teaching other choreographers how to do their work. So lots of different things. But when I'm working on a show, generally like seven or eight hours of rehearsal a day, five Mm. or six days a week.
1: Okay. So what's the best part about being a choreographer?
2: Oh, I love to have an idea in my head that I'm not sure is going to turn into anything. And then I get into the studio with dancers and I start moving them around and asking them what to do. And then something magical happened in the room and I see it and my whole body just knows that's it. That's what I want. And it's very exciting to see like an idea that you had in the back of your head and you're not sure if it's really beautiful or not. And then it's suddenly in front of you in the room and it's really beautiful. Yeah. So now,
1: here seems like a time to take a quick commercial break. Let's hear a word from our sponsors.
0: The Tiberia Show would like to thank one of their dedicated sponsors, Custom Designs Orlando. These guys are on Mills Avenue and do all sorts of stuff, ranging from photo ID badges, engraved signs, custom braille ADA signs, vinyl lettering to trophies and awards. The cool part about custom designs is they can ship products all over the United States. You can reach them at 407-898-0373 and tell them that Tyler Beerus sent you.
1: And we are back here talking with Alexandra Beller. She's a choreographer that helps direct dance and movement in productions. So, Alexandra, we now know what a choreographer is, and now you help create movement in musicals and other things. Well, can you give some examples and productions that you've worked on?
2: Sure. Um, one of the biggest things I worked on was an adaptation, so that means when they rewrite something. Of the book called Sense and Sensibility Which was by Jane Austen And it became an off-Broadway show That ran for a couple of years And we've done it in a bunch of big theaters Around the country that was really fun Wow um, And everybody loves Jane Austen um, I've worked on a couple musicals uh, And I just got back from California Where I was helping conductors So, you know, conductors that conduct mm, A working with their expression so the, ah. their body movements not so much choreographing them because they have to figure out what moves they want to make but helping them figure out how to be really natural and expressive and authentic with their movements. so that was a really fun little job that i got to do wow
1: well that's amazing well did you to travel to do some of these productions
2: A lot of them require traveling. I mean, I'm lucky enough to live in New York, so there's a lot of theater here, which is great for me. But uh, yeah, I've been all over the country and I have traveled internationally for choreography. Well, have you ever been outside of the U.S.? Mm -hmm. I've done my work in Poland, Russia, Korea, Amsterdam. Wow. Um, And then I've traveled as a dancer all over the world.
1: Wow. Wow. So, which production have you choreographed was your favorite, and why?
2: I think I might say that the last show that I just did, which was a vampire play called Let the Right One In, was really fun, because I got to work on, like, how would a vampire move, how would they speak, how would they touch another person, it was very exciting, and you really get to just totally use your imagination, because... It's not like I can go research how vampires actually move. I can just make it up, which is really fun.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, can you tell me what elements makes for a good choreographer?
2: Well, definitely being able to read a room. So being able to really look at people and get a sense for what's happening with them, what they need, what the energy of the room needs. Um, Certainly having a very good sense of... Um, how obviously how to move your body, how your how your muscles and your bones work together, Um, having a really good sense of um, what um, it what the space um, like creating beautiful pictures in space. Like, does this look Mm -hmm. better straight or does this look better from an angle or does it look better further away or closer towards you? So having a good sense of space um, Mm. and being a very clear communicator.
1: Mm, I see. Well, have you ever gotten upset at someone who's not been paying attention to your instruction or suggestions?
2: I think in more of a, like, setting a piece in a university where they're maybe younger. Um, certainly I've run into that. Yes.
1: Okay. Well, can you show me one of your choreographed moves that you direct?
2: Uh, can I show you a move? Uh... I mean, I can do a little dance, but it's not necessarily choreographed. But, you know, I like to do things sometimes that feel like they're about the size of sign language. And we can start to storytell around.
1: Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Well, what's the largest difference between a choreographer and a dancer? Oh,
2: that's a good question. Um, Dancers. They uh, basically are going to walk into the room and they're only responsible for um, making happen what the choreographer is envisioning. But a lot of dancers are amazing at helping the choreographer to figure out what would be best and coming up mm-hmm. with suggestions and Um, inventing some movement themselves. So a lot of dancers are really good at helping choreographers. Um, Mm -hmm. But the biggest difference is that the choreographer is kind of responsible for everything. So the dancer Ah. can like come in and dance and leave and they don't have to worry about whether the piece is good or it's what the music's going to be or what the costumes are going to be or if you're going to people are going to buy tickets. A dancer just can come in and dance and leave if they want to. But the choreographer is constantly thinking about, yeah. is it good, where does it want to go, where is it going to end, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Well, do dancers ever try to change the moves because they want to
1: do something different?
2: Sure. And sometimes that's really useful for a choreographer to have a dancer say, you know what I think would be better or would be better for my body or would make this lift easier. And a lot of times the dancers are the ones who are inside it and they sometimes have the very best ideas.
1: Wow. Well, which of your choreographed productions have been the most challenging for you?
2: Um, I would say I did a piece at Lincoln Center called How to Transcend a Happy Marriage. And... Uh, it was this circular stage, and it was raised so people could fall off of it. Oh and there goodness! Was all this furniture on it, but the furniture had to like move around with people moving around while the scenes were going on, and it was really complicated to get it to look beautiful. And it, and the audience was like all the way around.
1: So you oh wow!
2: Hide anything, so it had yeah. this very beautiful seamless transition between things and furniture moving people.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, what's the difference between a
2: choreographer and the director? That's another great question. Um, I do both. In theater, a director is responsible for all of the text. So the, the written words in a play and the choreographer might be responsible for most of the body movements in the play. But honestly, they cross each other quite a bit because both of them are trying to get the story across and maybe... One person is a little bit more responsible for trying to get the words of the story across and one person, how the body tells the story. But the body is telling the story just as much as the, the spoken words yeah. are telling the story. So I think they're both really directors. And a lot of times I like the, the job title movement director even more than choreographer because ah. it feels more like what I'm doing.
1: Okay. So how do you audition to be a choreographer in a production?
2: usually it's not auditioning anymore it's usually that people know your work and they call you up and ask you if you'll do this play or this show um sometimes it's writing to people and you know introducing yourselves but with choreography and direction it's not really auditioning anymore as as it is with dance so dancers still audition okay so what's the
1: craziest thing that's happened while you were doing your passion (laughs)
2: let's see Um, I had one show where all the electricity went off in the middle of the performance and we had to figure out what we were going to do and um, a generator came on and we had like just some lights on the stage that weren't like stage lights and we all just were trying to kind of psychically talk to each other like are we continuing are we stopping Yeah, and we decided to just continue. So we started moving, and then somebody started humming the music, and then we all started humming the music that wasn't playing because there was no electricity. And it was actually really beautiful. Wow. Okay, so how does choreography make the
1: world a better place?
2: What a great question. I think that if people could be really – um in touch with their bodies and really honest about how they express themselves in the world that we would get along better we would understand each other and have more empathy for one another so i think being involved in helping people to express themselves really naturally and authentically through their bodies helps them in their lives to be more authentic and i think if we were more real with each other we would be kinder to one another
1: Mm mm-hmm Well, what's the first step that every person should do if they want to get started in choreography?
2: I would say watch a lot of dance. See what you like. See what you don't like. Sometimes you can learn more from what you don't like than what you do like. Uh So watch all different kinds of dance. You could watch, you know, dance from lots of different countries and cultures. And I recommend not just staying in a bubble of, like, if you're in America or Europe, just watch. like, american and european dance but watching some form of classical indian dance like barata and watching different forms of asian dance different forms of african dance and etc cetera, etc cetera, and dance from lots okay. of different countries and watching dance that's more commercial but also watching dance that's more experimental and just starting to notice what you love and what you don't love and that gives okay you a sense of what you want to make
1: Well, what's the story of that one dancer that you will never forget?
2: Oh, let's see. Um, I had one dancer that was such a slow... Like, she wasn't a good auditioner. I almost didn't take her into my company when she auditioned because she had a lot of trouble remembering movement. But there was something about her that was so special. And then she just was like a very slow burn. And... She became the absolute deepest dancer in my company. Like, she really understood everything I was trying to do. And it was so satisfying to watch her. But it took patience over time to really just let her do her thing and open up. And it reminded me that everybody has their own timing and their own tempo Mm -hmm. in the world. And some people, you need to slow yourself down in order to be able to really meet them. And I really liked learning that from her.
1: I see. So who can you say was the person that helped drive your passion the most?
2: Hmm. I don't know if there's a person. I just think I'm very much in love with watching how bodies, like the inner life of a person becomes visible through their body. And I think that's really where my passion comes from, is wanting to understand people in a really deep way through watching their bodies.
1: Okay. So what advice should you give to my listeners if they wanted to come up and be a choreographer?
2: I would say dance. Dance a lot. Watch a lot of Dance. And just start making things. You can make little TikTok videos. You can make little YouTube videos. You can make things you don't share. You could just dance in your bedroom. But start figuring out what it is you like and what it is you believe in. And then how to put that into movement.
1: Okay. So what's the best advice that you've ever received? And who gave you that advice?
2: Best advice I've ever received is to not listen to the critics. So you will make a dance performance and the New York Times will come and they may love it and they may hate it, but it doesn't really matter either way because what matters is what you feel about what you made. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I don't remember who told me that, but I feel like being the, the judge of your own work rather than letting somebody from the outside judge your work Um, is something that has stayed with me over the years. Wow. So what's the very first job I've ever had? Uh, I was a babysitter uh, when I was a teenager, and then I worked in a lot of uh, restaurants until I became a dancer, and then I toured uh, all over the world with a dance company from when I was 23 years old. Wow. Since then, it's all been like dance and movement work.
1: Wow so was there anything you learned from that job that helped you be a better choreographer
2: from my waitressing job? Um, yeah, a learning how to adapt to different kinds of people in a in a moment you know so you go to a table and somebody's talking to you and you immediately try to figure out like how they are gonna best work you know what kind of tone what kind of energy is gonna best work do they need you to be? slow and calm do they need you to be bright and energetic so i think being a waitress really definitely helped me yeah learn to read people really quickly
1: Hmm. well what messages do you want to touch children all over the world about doing the work that you do
2: mm. i would say that in general not just with choreography but with any kind of art that They are, they're difficult careers to do. You know, they take a lot of um, strength inside you to deal with rejection and people saying no to you a lot and they're scary, but being able to spend your life making things and expressing yourself and um, being an artist can be an incredibly rewarding life.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, on that note, let's take a quick break to pay some bills. So you want to make an ad for your company, right?
0: Yeah, Tiberius, you want to help me?
1: Okay, so what's the name of the company?
0: PPWND.
1: PP P-P-what?
0: Professional pressure washing and detailing.
1: So you like clean driveways?
0: Yeah, like that. We pressure wash commercial buildings and semi-truck and trailers.
1: So how would someone get a hold of you?
0: Uh, they can visit my site at ppwnd.com or call me at 407-900-7793. So why just tell them to call you at 407-900-7793 or visit ppwnd WND.com? Yeah, Tiberius, you got it. Cut! That's a wrap! Just use that! The Tiberius Show would like to thank Buggy Creek Gator Adventures for being one of our sponsors. I got to go on an air belt and saw a real gator. I even got to go to the gem mine and mine for some gems. We ate a steak dinner at the restaurant and even got some gator rights. we're gonna have a blast with this family, I suggest you go to right now. Get your tickets today. The website again, is
1: And we are back here with Alexandra Beller. Well, my dad said that you were the recipient of the Helen Hayes Award. Yep. Hmm.
2: An award that they give you for choreography for plays.
1: Ah, okay. Well, what does it look like?
2: Let's see.
1: I have it right here. <laughs> it looks like that. Wow. So it's like a little stand. It has a circle with four lines on it. Cool. Those it's made actually, out of silver, right? Yeah. Those
2: are two H's. Those lines are two H's. for ah,
1: I see. So do you have any upcoming projects? If so, what are they?
2: Um, I just finished a show in Chicago, um, which was a beautiful show about um, uh, one man's life story, a very hard life that he overcame and became an actor and a writer and a dancer. And it was a really beautiful story. And uh, most of what I'm working on right now is teaching and creating um, a bunch of uh, courses.
1: Ah, So, I also hear that you're live in New York. Well, do most choreographers need to move to New York in order to work on Broadway?
2: To work on Broadway, yes, but there are, you know, very few Broadway shows, and once they're choreographed, the choreographer doesn't need to be here, so you don't really need to live here. Um, Mm. I mean, if you're working on Broadway pretty consistently, it might be easier for you. Yeah. if you're in that world and you want to be networking in that world, it might be easier to be here. But really, as long as you know the right people in New York, you don't have to live in New York.
1: Yeah. Okay, so what's your favorite song to dance to?
2: Ooh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, I really love, like, old school kind of funk and blues kind of gets me going. Okay. Um, a little bit of Muddy Waters, yeah um, you know, and some blues, like some good old Nina Simone. Okay. Cheryl, that kind of thing.
1: Ah, I see. Well, if you could go back 10 years and tell yourself something, what would it be?
2: Mm. I would say I would like to try to be kinder to myself about what I think of as my failures.
1: Okay. Well, what's the biggest mistake you ever made, and how did it change you as a person?
2: Ooh! biggest mistake as a choreographer? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I was at Bates College. I was choreographing, it was 2001. It was my very first job. My very first job as a choreographer. Okay. And I started on September 9th, and I had two days of rehearsal, and then it was September 11th. And we took the day off, of course. And then I went back the next day. I only had four days left of rehearsal. And I felt I was so young and so inexperienced. I felt like I have to just continue the piece that we started, which was a funny piece. Yeah. So I tried to force us to make this funny piece when everybody was actually really, really sad. Instead of today, I would walk into the room and say, "Okay, all bets are off. This just happened. And now we need to be humans in the room and deal with it and and make the piece while we're feeling what we're feeling and not pretend to be feeling happy when we're not happy. But I didn't do that at the time because I was so young and inexperienced. I thought, you yeah. can't know, anytime you have to just keep making what you were making. And it was the worst piece I ever made. It was not funny, but it was not serious. It was just bad. And, you know, it was what it was. I learned from it.
1: Okay. Well, do you play video games? And if you do, what's your favorite one?
2: Well, my my two sons play a lot of video games, and they're all into Elden Ring and uh, Legends of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. That's what they're doing right now. Ah. For me, they can get me to play Mario Kart any day of the week.
1: Nice. So, what's your favorite book to read?
2: Ooh, I love reading books about dance and about theater. Um... And I can't say that I'm actually that much of a novel reader anymore, but I I love reading books about how to make dance, how to make theater, that kind of thing. So I have a whole shelf full of those books.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. Now can you tell me that one story? You don't remember. This is a kid's show. One story, well, that you're not supposed to tell me about. Come on. You can tell me.
2: (laughs) All right. It's a a violent story. Okay. So I was at Jacob's Pillow, which is a big uh, dance festival. And uh, my company was performing. And it was pretty early in my career, so I was pretty nervous. And the company that I used to dance with was there in the audience, so I was really nervous. And we had an hour to have our show. And I had exactly an hour of dances. So nothing could go wrong, and we couldn't be slow. And we had something where I had a solo and I was up on the stage dancing the solo and then I had to run underneath the stage and change my clothes really, really quickly and then run back up and start this other piece. And that other piece actually was about September 11th and was a pretty Uh. bad piece. Now the stage was what we call raped, which means it was slanted. So like if you put a tennis ball at the back of the stage, it would have rolled down the stage and fallen off where the audience is. And they used to make uh, stages like that so that the audience could see everything on the stage. The audience was flat and the stage was raped. So it was a stage like that and it was totally white. It was what we call a white Marley. So uh, totally white stage, all our costumes were totally white. I ran down under during, between my solo and the group piece and I kicked a nail with my pinky toe and I opened up my whole toe, it was like flapping. And blood was pouring out of it, but I didn't know it, and I was so nervous and so hyper, I was like, let's just get up and do our piece, and all my dancers were like, no, 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 no! we have to bandage your foot, and I was like, no, let's go, let's go, and I was in charge, so they listened to me, so we went upstairs, and I was standing there, and everybody's dancing, and my first, my first move was actually, I stood there for like a whole minute, just like looking up, like at a building. And my toe was throbbing, I could feel it, but I wasn't looking at it because I was looking up. And my next move was to look down at this dancer who was at my feet and there was a pool of blood on the floor. I kid you not, bigger than my head. And over the piece we were like sliding and rolling and like there was all this falling and falling and falling in this piece. There was blood all over the stage, like white stage, white costumes, everybody's covered in blood, audience is horrified. That was my story I'm not supposed to tell, kid.
1: (laughs) Wow. Well, do you have a Facebook or website for Melissa want to follow you?
2: Uh, I am on Facebook. I'm on TikTok. I'm on YouTube. Uh, You can find me all different places. Um, If you just Google my name, Alexandra Beller, you can find me in all different sorts of places.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well... What is that one question that you think I forgot to ask you?
2: Oh, um, gosh, that is a good question. I feel like you've asked me everything.
1: Okay. Well, thank you so much, Alexandra, for being my special guest. Can you stick around for Math Corners?
2: Absolutely.
0: Gun Range is a family-oriented shooting range that has been in business for over 30 years. They specialize in basic firearm training and offer numerous services such as consignments, gun trades, gunsmithing, and concealed weapon classes. I even got my training for gun safety at Oak Ridge Gun Range. Great customer service. And firearm safety is what they do best. So find out more at OakRidgeGunRange.com. Tiberius' favorite subject, it's Math Corners!
1: And now it's time for Math Corners. Thank you so much, Alexandra, for helping me with Math Corners. This week, we're going to do some more multi-step word problems. My dad is always good at finding new problems for me to solve. Today, we're going to talk about marbles. Okay, so, Brian has 40 green marbles. Then, he brought nine bags of blue marbles. There were six marbles in each bag. Well, how many marbles does Brian have now? Mmm. Such a good question. Yeah. Well, first, is a real-world problem because some kids do like to collect marbles, but usually, they do a lot of different colors, not only two. So to solve this issue, you first have to figure out the total of the marbles in the bags. So you have nine bags with six marbles each, so that's easy. Well, nine times six is fifty-four. And then you have to remember he already had 40 marbles. Now you add the 54 to the 40 and you get 94 marbles total. Come on, you're gonna find like six snake eye marbles around to a hundred. But oh well. Well, the answer they're looking for is ninety-four marbles. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So, Alexandra. Did you ever collect marbles when you were a kid?
2: I didn't collect marbles, but my kids and I really like to do those marble runs.
1: Ah, know, those are fun, yeah. all
2: the pipes and stuff. So we have a bunch of marbles to do our marble run.
1: Nice. Well, my teacher said that I would use math every day. How do you use math in your work?
2: Well, I use math all the time with counting, if I'm counting, uh... Number of moves, or I'm counting the number of counts in a song. So um, I might dance to something like Stravinsky, where there's not a regular meter. There's like, you count to seven, and then there's a twelve, and then there's a three, and then there's five sixes, and so you have to really be like one two three four five six one two one two one two three, so that kind of thing. Yeah, I might be counting like eights in a music, and be like, okay, there's eight eight, so that's a certain number, and. And then I know that some lighting cue is going to happen at that number, so I use math like that. And then, of course, i run a dance company, so I have to pay people. I have to pay taxes. I have to do all the grown-up things with math. I use math every day. Your teacher was unfortunately right.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Alexandra, for your help with Math Corners.
2: My pleasure. Over
0: 40 years, Lighthouse Central Florida has provided education and independent life skills and job training to thousands of Central Floridians who live with blindness or any degree of vision loss. Whether it's picking out clothes in the morning or just moving around your community and serving Orange, Seminole, and Osceola counties, contact Lighthouse, Central Florida at 407-898-2483 or visit them online at lighthousecfl.org.
1: And now it's time for the heart of a lion as you know we talk about the qualities of living by the heart of a lion which stands for leadership integrity obedience and nobility this week we're going to talk about leadership for me I think leadership is the act of loving what is good having self-control and being disciplined the qualities of leadership are providing guidance and direction organization and being a positive influence on others so this week I I was bowling with my friend Grant. He slipped in the lane and landed wrong. His fingers hit the ball wrong and his hand was bleeding. So the coach directed everyone to stay calm while she got his parents to get him medical attention. She stayed organized and let us know what, how he was doing. So he was back for the next practice. Thank goodness. Well, this is a good example for providing and direction by the coach. Great. Mm-hmm. So Alexandra, did you see or use leadership at all this week?
2: Uh, Yeah, I was running a a workshop where I was in charge, Um, but I was in charge of adults. So when I'm in charge of adults, I really like to um, leave them a lot of space to make their own decisions and to make their, their own choices and to collaborate with me. I don't like to be like a dictator kind of leader. Um, so I like to use leadership when I'm working with adults to create a ton of choices in the room so people can pick exactly what's right for themselves. And that helps them be a better collaborator in the room with everyone else Mm. because they're really happy and they're not feeling like they've sacrificed themselves for the group, which I think generally makes them more generous with each other. Uh. And once they're all generous with each other, We've got a really nice group going on, and then I can kind of steer the ship one way, steer the ship another way, just with an idea. Mm-hmm. Well, of all of the Heart of Lion virtues,
1: which is the one that you see the most?
2: The one that I see the most? Um, in my field, I would say that I see integrity the most.
1: Okay. Well, how?
2: Um, I think people, because we're working so intimately with each other and bodies are so personal and dancing with other people in their bodies is a very, very personal thing. I think people have to have a lot of really good positive boundaries, um, both about consent and how we touch each other, how we talk to each other, um, the kind of feedback that we give each other, because it can be really personal to get feedback about your choreography or your dancing and you want somebody who's giving you feedback in a way that has a lot of integrity, cares about you as a person, um, is not trying to manipulate you or disrespect you. And I think that that's really important in our field of dance and choreography. So I would say that I do see and I hope to continue to see integrity as one of our most important features.
1: Mm -hmm. We should always try and be lying strong in everything we do, shouldn't we?
2: Absolutely.
0: Aw, Dad, my computer's slow again and I can't play my games. Call your computer solutions today and we will scan for viruses and clean that computer up remotely and make it fast again. Our phone number is 407-826-0810. Thanks, Dad. My computer's fast again. Now I can do my homework. Thanks for calling your computer solutions at 407
1: 826 0810. And that's our show, folks. I want to thank the one, the only, the amazing Alexandra Beller for being on my show. It has been so much in time for today. I think I've learned a lot about choreography and the joys of production.
2: Beautiful. Thank you for having me.
1: No problem. Do you give me your social? Me- Do you mind giving your social media website again?
2: Sure. AlexandraBellerDances org is my website, and all of my other social media is on there.
1: Nice. Also, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at the time of your show. And I would like to thank WWPR fourteen ninety AM, KI nineteen ninety eight Soul Radio twenty four seven, Easy TV TV, and all the other stations that air my show. Please be sure to visit the Tide Ty- show on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. Alexandra, are you
2: subscribed yet? I am.
1: Nice. Oh, and be sure to leave a comment and tell me if you want to be a choreographer. Also, be sure to us next week on the Tide show with your host, Top BOY!